of Judah. You are holy, Lord. Hey, our God is a lion. He's roaring with power. Our God is a lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. And he continues to fight our battles. Who can stop our Lord, our God Almighty? Hey, we will continue to raise a hallelujah for as long as we live, we will praise his name forevermore. God of love, God of hope, God of peace, God of mercy, and God of justice, we thank you for being a God who's with us in our joy, in our pain. We thank you for being the lion and the lamb, lion of Judah. You are holy. You are holy. Amen and amen. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but Dale called me Pastor Pavallo. Hey, 2020, ne? Hey, Dale, I hope you'll continue on the trend next year in 2021. But hey, for those who don't know me, as Dale has said, my name is Pavallo Tekiso, and I have the awesome, awesome privilege of being the leader of this community here at Following Jesus. Worship team, once again, thank you. Thank you so much for serving us so well. Thank you so much for helping us prepare our hearts and helping us connect with God through music as we gather here as a community. And everybody, if you are joining us today as a guest and it's your first time or you've been visiting at some point, we want to give you a special welcome. Here at Following Jesus, we love it. We love it, love it, love it when we have people join us for fellowship because we know that the more people join us for fellowship, the more the numbers that give glory and praise to God in heaven above. And we thank you for taking the time to join us. And if you are a member of this community, we want to thank you again for joining us and making time to gather with us as a community. We value this time of gathering together. And we want to say, hey, saubona, saubona. Just a quick one. For most of us this week, we've heard from the Minister of Health. We've heard that the numbers have continued to increase of COVID-19 infections. And as a church and as the leadership, we want to say to you as the people of following Jesus, please continue being vigilant by wearing these masks that are provided for us to protect ourselves and to protect the people that we love. We want to encourage you to continue washing your hands and continue sanitizing your hands as well. We also want to encourage you to continue keeping that physical distance everywhere you go. Even in our gatherings, let's continue observing all these protocols that you advise to follow. We see that we have entered the second wave and the minister has declared this for us in this pandemic and would like to make sure that we protect each other and we continue to love and serve each other over this time. Yeah, Father, help us in this season. That's season of confusion, season of sickness, season of disease. We know none of this is of you, but we know, mighty God, that you are with us in this mess, in this chaos. So, Lord Almighty, we trust in you. We are not people who live with fear, but we are people who live with care and love for one another. So, Lord, as we journey on this with this pandemic, continue to hold our hand, continue to guide us and continue to protect all of us. 
in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Hey, as many of you have joined us uh, over the past three months when we've looked, can you believe it? We looked at the book of Acts for over three months. And I don't know about you, but the book of Acts has blessed me. And as we said, when we started, we thought it was going to be a four week series, six week series, eight week series. And we decided let's let God lead us in this path. And last week when we did our worship Sunday, worship and prayer, we felt that this is the last time we're doing the book of Acts. We felt God has given us the words that he wanted us to say. God has shared the wisdom that he wanted us to receive and the practical steps that he wanted us to take as individuals and as a community of following Jesus. It is my hope, it is my prayer that the series was helpful to you. It is my hope, it is my prayer that we will start seeing most of us living these things out and starting to realize the move of God in our lives and in us and through us. But what we will be doing over the next three coming weeks will be doing a short series and this series will be based on the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior and our Messiah. So the series will be basically um, outlined in, in three phases and we have three themes that we are going to focus the series on. And we've decided to title the series, um, The Weight, The Promise and The Gift. The Weight, The Promise and The Gift. So we want to look at the journey of Jesus being born, Jesus arriving on earth and what then happened and what does all of this mean for us. In the Christian calendar, this period that we find ourselves in from the 29th of November up to the 24th of December is known as the period of Advent. And Advent is a Latin word, I mean, it's an English word that comes from a Latin word um, that is known as Adventus. And Adventus means coming, the coming. And that is why people celebrate Advent because they are celebrating and waiting for the coming of the Messiah. So in Christian spaces, many people observe this period and they use different methods to celebrate. As you might have seen in the children's church video, um, there's a video that we put up that actually explains some of the activities that happen around this period of Advent. But today we'll be looking at the first part of this series, which is the weight. The first part of this series which is the weight and today we'll be looking at the weight of the two miracle babies the weight of the two miracle babies and we'll be looking at the story of mary and the story of elizabeth the story of mary and joseph the parents of jesus and the story of elizabeth and zachariah the parents of john who we know as john the baptizer or john the Baptist. But we'll be looking at um, Luke chapter 1 and we'll be reading from verse 1 up to verse 45. It's such, it's a long verse, it's a long chapter to read, but I felt it was important for us to go through the reading and understand the story um, from verse 5. So let us start reading and we'll take it from there. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah 
He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. And his wife, Elizabeth, was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zachariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was saving in was saving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by Lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside and they were praying. While Zachariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of Israelites, Oh, so many will, uh, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. Underline that. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Wow. Zachariah said to the angel of the Lord, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel of the Lord said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zachariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he, finally, when he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zachariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon after what, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, 
favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said come, may everything you have said about me come true. And the angel of the Lord left her. Amen. 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 Father, this is your word. Do what you want to do in this word, in us and through us. Amen. Hey, so in my household with my wife, in this period of Christmas and December, we buy what we call Christmas calendars from Discam. And in these calendars, basically, you get, um, it, it's, it's a box like this, and it has chocolates inside, and they are all hidden behind a number. And those numbers represent the dates and the days of the week from the 1st of December to the 24th of December before Christmas. And each day, what happens is um, they will open one, <clears throat> like let's say it's the 1st of December, they'll open on the 1st, and then they'll get to see what's hidden under the, the number. And all of it is filled with chocolate, but the chocolate has the different characters and objects in it. So our kids, it's now a tradition, they look forward to this, and this year we delayed in buying the Christmas calendar. And every day they kept on reminding, reminding us, hey, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget. And this week, finally, we went to get the Christmas calendars. But when we got to the shops, when I asked the gentleman that I was talking to at the shops, hey, do you have Christmas calendars? He said, so he said, unfortunately, we've run out of those calendars. And you should have seen my children's faces filled with disappointment after they've waited so long and after they've wanted these calendars for so long. And while the children were looking upset and sad, the gentleman said, hey, you know what, wait, I remember seeing few boxes at the back. I wonder who's left them there or what are they for, but let me go check if they're there. And hey, we waited at the door for this gentleman to come back. And when he came back and he had the two boxes in his hands, my daughters jumped for joy and they celebrated and ran around the shop and they made noise. 
and hey, their day was made. The wait was over and they got what they've been waiting for for so long. And this is the story of Jesus. This is the story of John the baptizer. Because you see, with Elizabeth and Zachariah, they've been praying for a child for so long and they waited. They waited for God to answer their prayers. But God has not answered their prayers until this moment. And in the case of Jesus, we also know that it had been four hundred years since the children of Israel were waiting for the Messiah. It was 400 years of quietness when God did not communicate with his people. And in the wait, people can have despair. In the wait, people can be hopeless. In the wait, people can turn away from God. And in the wait, people can turn to become impatient. I think we've all experienced this in one way or the other way. We've had to wait for something and our patience, our patience started to run low in the wait. So my youngest daughter, um, now she has the box and she has the calendar, but what happens now is she can't wait because now she wants to finish all the chocolates. So yesterday she asked me, hey daddy, do you mind if I open my chocolate for the next day? Because she can't wait. She doesn't have the patience to wait for this um, um, thing that she's waiting for. And I saw it as an opportunity of, to disciple her and to take her through the journey and explain to her what it means to wait. What it means to wait. So I sat her down and we spoke about this waiting thing. And she understood and waited for the following day. So this morning, I guess she's excited because she got to open um, her mystery number and to see what is behind there. But my eldest daughter on the other side, um, you know, she waited like my youngest daughter. And now the happiness has fizzled out. And she doesn't really, sometimes, I mean, the other day she offered me her chocolate. And she's like, nah, you can have it. I opened it. I saw what's inside. Nah. So in the wait... We behave differently. In the wait, we behave differently. And you might be asking yourself, why is this man telling us about the chocolate and his children and the chocolate calendar? I'm telling you about it because the children of Israel had to wait. And in the waiting, they behaved like my daughters. When they did not see the gift that they were waiting for coming at the time that they wanted, they started looking sad. They started dis they started to despair. They started to lose hope. They started to turn to other things and to replace the gift that God had promised them. We see that generation after generation, people died in the waiting and in the hoping to see the Messiah. And like my little girls, we see some had lost hope in the process because the promise was taking too long. So we see that in the waiting, in the waiting, we need to learn to have a muscle and the spirituality and the maturity to know how to wait on God. Some of us, as I speak, we know the frustration and the pain and the stress of waiting. Waiting on God to move 
waiting on God to respond to our prayers. For some of us, we've been waiting too long to get employment, especially if we've lost our jobs during this pandemic. We've been hoping and praying that God will hear our prayers. Some of us have been waiting for too long for God to intervene and fix our marriages. And we're becoming frustrated because the waiting is too hard. Some of us have been waiting for years and years for God to heal our physical bodies because we've been living with pain and suffering for some long time. And we are waiting and we are waiting and the waiting is starting to wear on us. And for some of us, we've been waiting for God to intervene and bring our children or the loved ones to the knowledge of Christ. And it's not happening at the rate and the speed we hope it was going to happen. And the list just goes on. But in the waiting, in the waiting, we need to ask God to help us to wait on him, to wait on him. Because you see, the season of the waiting can be very tough. It can be very frustrating because we sometimes think God is not hearing our prayers. We sometimes feel that God is taking his own time in answering our prayers. But as we know, God's timing is always right. The wait of the two miracle babies. So here's a question. Here's a list of questions for all of us. How have we waited for God in this season? How have we waited for God in all our requests that we've put before him? How have we experienced God in the waiting? Have we experienced him and we, or have we not felt that God is with us in the waiting? Are we waiting with hope or are we waiting with despair? Are we waiting with hope or are we waiting with despair? Are we waiting in faith or are we waiting without faith that the promises of God will one day come to pass? Are we waiting in prayer or are we waiting without prayer? Are we waiting in prayer or are we waiting without prayer? How is your waiting been for God to move? You see, God in his response to our waiting sometimes responds in unexpected ways. Ways that do not satisfy us as people. And in Isaiah chapter 55, 8 to 9, the word tells us that it says, My thoughts are not like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Just for, just, uh, for just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And we see the truth in the story because when we look at the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah, when we look at the story of Jesus and Joseph and Mary, we see that indeed God's ways are not our ways. When we look at how life has turned out for us, especially in 2020, we realize that indeed God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts and he is God and we are not. And we see in how God responded to Mary and Joseph, how God responded to Elizabeth and Zachariah, that his ways are far beyond what we could imagine. His ways are far beyond 
what we could imagine. But before we start being too spiritual and acting like these issues don't affect us, let's be honest here. If you were Elizabeth and, 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 and Zachariah, who you were in your old age and you've been trusting and believing and waiting for God to move and to give you a child, let's be honest here. Chances are you, you or me, might have responded the same way as Zachariah responded. We might have responded in doubt and said, God, I've been waiting. And now you tell me in my old age when naturally this thing can happen and you tell me that I'll have a son, how will this happen? We start doubting God in the waiting. We start not believing in the promise in the waiting. Because God's ways are not our ways. God does things the way he feels he wants to do them. And Zachariah, in this story, we see that his response is a human response to circumstances that we find ourselves in. In the waiting, do we see God? In the waiting, do we have hope or are we filled with despair? In the waiting... In the waiting, how are we in the waiting? When we look at the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah, we see that in the waiting, Elizabeth faced a lot of disgrace from the community because during those days, Jews considered having children as a blessing from God and they considered being childless as a curse from God. So Elizabeth was living with this in, his, in her life, he, she was always being looked at as somebody who's living with a curse. And in the waiting, these are some of the difficulties that she had to go through. Not being able to bear a child. Not being able to have somebody who can continue the legacy of the family. And when Elizabeth found out the news, her heart leaped with joy because finally, God, as the Bible tells us, had, was about to remove the disgrace and was about to remove the shame. The, she was, God was about to remove all that the community has been saying about her, calling her barren and calling her names. In the waiting, how is our attitude in the waiting? We see that in the waiting, Elizabeth and Zachariah, received a miracle baby called John. And in the waiting, we see that Mary and Joseph received a miracle called Jesus. So John was a miracle, but you see, he was a miracle child that was meant to spread the news about the greater miracle child called Jesus. You see, John was coming to prepare the way for Jesus. And Jesus was coming to remove the sins of the world. Jesus was coming as the lamb that was going to be slain for the sins of the world. And sometimes as human beings, we know that even with the faith that we have, even as Zachariah and Elizabeth were faithful and righteous before God's eyes, we see that the struggle they had in comprehending the way God was moving in their lives was real. We see how confused they were because in their old age they didn't expect God to move. 
But in the waiting, in the waiting, God still moved. In the waiting, God still moved. You'll remember the story of Abraham and Sarah who decided to take matters into their own hands and introduce Hagar into the picture. And Abraham slept with Hagar and, and Ishmael was born because they were not ready and willing to wait for the promises that God had told them because they saw that Abraham and Era were getting old as well. And in the waiting, they started not believing. In the waiting, they started doubting God's word and they took matters in their own hands. And we know when Sarah had the news about the angels coming and telling them that, hey, you're going to have a son and your son is going to be called Isaac. We know that she laughed with disbelief. She laughed with disbelief. In the waiting, hey, in the waiting, life can be tough. In the waiting, life can be miserable. In the waiting, we can start doubting the same promises that we know God promised to us. In the waiting. In the waiting. So why was the manner in which God chose to bring Jesus to this problematic earth as a, human, as, as a human being was problematic and in our human perspective, why was the manner in which God chose so problematic? Number one is because the time in which Jesus was born, Israel was still under oppression from the Romans. So they thought Jesus was going to appear suddenly from heaven and immediately take away their misery, oppression, and solve all their problems. You see, life in the time when Jesus was born was very chaotic. Jesus arrived on earth in the time of chaos, in the time of injustice, in the time of oppression, in the time of hatred, sickness, and disease. But he came into that world and offered us hope in the midst of chaos. In the waiting, Jesus entered the world that was chaotic. And in the waiting, Jesus brought hope. Jesus brought light. Jesus brought love. And the grace of God covered the earth. Jesus entered a time when there was sickness and disease. But Jesus entered the time. Jesus didn't wait for a perfect time to come. He came in the midst of chaos. And when we find ourselves in the midst of chaos and uncertainty like we find ourselves today, Jesus is in this chaos with us. Jesus is in this sickness and virus and mess with us. But you see, the entrance of Jesus was not as grand as people had expected because he came through in natural means. He came through a virgin woman. He came through as a baby. He came through because they were suddenly expecting him to show up. But Jesus humbled himself and came on this earth as human and as a baby through a virgin woman and that is why in john chapter 7 verse 27 they said when people were questioning the validity of jesus and the claims that he was indeed the messiah they said but how can he be for we know where this man comes from when the messiah comes he will simply appear no one will know where he comes from 
These were the people talking about Jesus because you see, when you've waited for 400 years, when you've been waiting for so long, when you know that, look, you want Jesus to come and take away your issues, you think he's just going to suddenly appear and he's going to remove all your troubles. But look at how Jesus comes into the scene. Jesus comes into the scene as a baby. He comes into the scene in ways that is unexpected. Jesus comes into the scene through a poor, young, virgin woman from Nazareth. All these characteristics that people of her day could not regard usable by God. God chooses a way to bring Jesus into the scene, a way that people would not recognize, a way that people would reject, a way that people would not believe. Because you see, Mary was an ordinary poor girl from some village called Nazareth. And people didn't think their Savior, their Messiah, would come into that way. Because you see, also, God chose a virgin who was young and not married to fall pregnant, creating controversy in the arrival of Jesus. Jesus arrived on this earth, and his arrival was controversial. But God had a plan. But God had a plan. Because this period of the waiting was orchestrated many, many years ago. Before the foundations of the earth, Jesus was. God was. And God knew all of this plan. So with, G with God preparing Mary as a virgin to fall pregnant when the Holy Spirit came over her, God knew that he was preparing Joseph as well to marry to, 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 to get married to Mary so that God could cover the shame that was about to come over Mary. Because in those days, if a woman fell pregnant and was not married, shame was coming over her. And that woman, if she was rejected by the man that impregnated her, she would have to fend for herself and she would have to turn into things like prostitution and other means of making her life and trying to make a living to support herself and the child. So there was shame surrounding the story of Jesus' arrival. There was rejection, there was controversy in the coming of Jesus. But in the waiting, God had a plan. In the waiting, God had a plan. How have we waited on God in the seasons of our life that is chaotic, that is problematic, that is stressful, that is frustrating. How have you waited on God in this season of coronavirus, in this season of confusion, in this season of uncertainty? May that sink in into your heart right now. May that sink in into your, right, into your heart right now. The miracle babies who came in the waiting. When Mary visited Elizabeth, we are told in the story that the baby inside Elizabeth's tummy jumped with joy. And we are told that the Holy Spirit entered Elizabeth. And when we read the scriptures earlier, it was declared that the child would be filled with the Holy Spirit before he was even born. So hey, I know that the first miracle that we know that Jesus made or Jesus did here on earth was turning water into wine. 
But I'm here to say that I think, and I want to put a case before you, that the first miracle Jesus did was actually when he was still in his mother's tummy. Because when he entered Elizabeth's house through the tummy of his mom, John the baptizer, who was also in, the, in his mother's tummy, leaped for joy and received the Holy Spirit. Therefore, Jesus made, created and made, did his first miracle by transferring the Holy Spirit that was in him also into John. I know you might think this is far-fetched, but technically, Jesus performed his first miracle while still in his mother's tummy. But hey, this is just pubs talking. The Bible doesn't say that this was the first miracle done by Jesus. I'm just saying, when I read the scriptures, when I look at this, I'm like, no man, Jesus in the tummy as a baby did this miracle. Did this miracle. But let's continue. Because you see, both John and Jesus' names were given to the parents by God through the angels. So these kids, these children shared some similarities. These miracle babies shared some similarities because both their parents were carrying the promise. The promise that was made. There was a promise made for John that one will come to prepare the way and one will come as the way. John means the Lord is gracious. Jesus means the Lord saves. John was born with a purpose to prepare a way for the Messiah. The Messiah was born with a purpose to rescue the world and become the light of the world. The Messiah was born with a purpose to die for the sins of the world. John's arrival was as a result of his parents' prayer and God moving in their waiting. And Jesus' arrival was as a result of a promise made by God to his people to bring the Messiah for them. John's arrival took away his parents' disgrace, humiliation, and replaced it with joy and hope. Jesus' arrival broke down the wall that was created by sin in the Garden of Eden between God and man, and all who believed in Jesus, all who believed in the Messiah are now offered an opportunity to be in a personal relationship with God and are also offered the joy and the eternal hope that comes through salvation through Christ. So we see that these two miracle babies had a purpose on this earth. And as cousin brothers, we see that God's timing was perfect. Even though others might have felt it took too long, but in the waiting, God knew how to bring about the life of Jesus on earth and how to use John the baptizer's parents to also bring John on earth to prepare the way for Jesus. So as I come towards closing, I want us to reflect on these questions as I come for closing. Because we are told that Jesus was the hope of the world, was the light of the world, was the Messiah that was promised. And in the waiting, in the waiting, in the preparation, not all of us, not all of the Israelites waited patiently for this Messiah. And us as well today, 
in the waiting, we need to learn how to wait on God to move on our behalf. In the waiting, hope for Israel was finally on the way, but the people were not ready for him. In the waiting, hope for Israel that was promised many, many years ago was finally on the way, but in their waiting, they did not see him coming and they were not ready to welcome him. What makes us sometimes to doubt in the promises of God? What makes us sometimes doubt in the waiting? How does hope look like for you and me in this season? How does hope look like for you and me in this season? How would you describe hope in your life today? In the midst of a virus, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of a fallen world, how would you describe hope in the waiting? What do you think is easy to have hope in, in the season of your life? What do you think is easy to have hope about in the season of your life? Is it easy to hope in the promises of God or is it easy to have hope in others? Is it easy for you to have hope in men or is it easy for you to have hope in God? What are you finding hard to hope for in this season of your life? What are you finding hard to have hope for in this season of your life? Because these are trying times and sometimes like Zechariah, in the waiting, we can lose hope. In the waiting, we can lose hope. And in the story we read today that we can see God show up with hope in the midst of chaos. So the question is, where do you see God show up with hope in the midst of your life today? In which areas of your life have you seen God move with hope today? We know that Jesus is our hope. He's the promised Messiah. Jesus of Nazareth who came, who chose this exact time in history to come to us, to dwell amongst us, to laugh with us, to cry with us, to weep with us. He became Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus chose the time that he chose, the perfect time according to God. It was the perfect time. He chose the time to come and dwell amongst us. So Jesus is Emmanuel, is God with us. Is God with us. How have you waited on God during this time? How have you waited on God during this time? As I close, I'm going to ask you to stretch your hands where you are. As you reflect on the waiting in your own life. As you reflect in the waiting in your own life. And as we celebrate and prepare for Advent in this period. In the waiting, how, how are you going to wait on God in this season? So with your hands lifted up to heaven, with your hands faced to heaven, I would like to pray on your behalf 
God of hope, we look to you as our source of hope in the waiting. A light in the darkness and the truth in the chaotic world. We watch for you in this beauty of the night, a Lord in the surprise of the morning and the satisfaction of the setting sun each day. In every season, Lord, you are a way maker. We declare that you are a miracle worker. Oh God, in the waiting, we choose to continue to trust in you. Lord, in the waiting, we choose to keep believing that even when we don't see you working, we choose to believe that you are working. Oh Holy Spirit, this Advent, may you prepare within us the way for your presence and power to be at work. And Lord, uncover in us uncover through us mighty god and uncover around us mighty god people of hope people of light and people of new life mighty god lord we want to thank you for your hope the hope that persists and the fights throughout all our circumstances and throughout all generations mighty god we pray and ask all of these things in the waiting in the name of jesus in the waiting we ask you, mighty God, we ask you in the waiting, be with us in the waiting. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. In the waiting, we ask you, Lord, be our light, be our hope in the waiting. Teach us how to wait. Teach us how to wait. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let it be so. Let it be so. Amen and amen and amen. In the waiting, in the waiting, in the waiting, in the waiting, in the waiting. Let us wait with him, in him. Let us learn how to wait in the waiting. Hey church, I hope as you celebrate and prepare in this period of the coming and the birth of our Messiah, we know we don't fuss about dates and facts and whatever. We celebrate this time because we think and we believe it's a precious time for us when we remember and when we celebrate the time our Messiah was born. So we don't focus on all these other issues that won't take us far, but we want to take time to pause, reflect, celebrate, and allow God in the waiting to move within us, to move through us. Hey, see you next week, church, as we look at part two of this three-week series of Advent. And next week, we'll be having Alexander Fenter, who will be sharing the Word of God with us and taking us through the meaning of Advent and taking us through this process of the waiting. And until then, I pray that you can keep well, and stay safe and hey continue wearing your mask continue sanitizing your hands and continue keeping that physical distance we love you following jesus keep well and see you next week show show <laughs>